All right. Welcome to today's episode of the Team Builder Podcast. We are with Stu, who is the Assistant Director of Sports Performance at Marquette, and he's also the founder of My Momentum. Stu, thanks for coming on here. Why don't you just start off by introducing yourself and maybe just giving some background? Yeah, perfect. Thanks for thanks for having me on and for the opportunity to to speak. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Stu Roche. I've been here at Marquette now for eight seasons, working with a couple of different sports, men's women's across and the tennis programs. Um, and then also responsible for our internship program or our, our coach development program, as we call it here. Um, prior to being here, I was at the University of Michigan for a, a short stint working actually in orthopedic research. Um, so, so not in strength and conditioning, but kind of had my hand in that pot elsewhere with doing work with rugby programs there and then um, working at Eastern Michigan University or, or, or an internship, should I say, at Eastern Michigan University with, with Coach Mack when he was there with their football program, which is, which is awesome. I'm sure we'll probably talk about those things as well. Um, and then prior to that, I, was, uh, I grew up in the UK from England originally, uh, came over to the States in 2010 for a, for a study abroad. My mother said, uh, you know, don't go meeting an American girl and never come back. So, you know, that's what I, exactly what I did. Um, and yeah, I've been really, been here ever since. So it's been a, it's been a good ride and um, yeah, I'm excited to, to chat more about, you know, what we've got going on and, and coach development and strength conditioning in general. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I guess, what was your internship experience like? Was that right after you graduated? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I actually went to university for sport and exercise science um, at a place called Loughborough University, which is is renowned certainly in Europe and 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 well known across the, across the globe as being a sports science university. Um, and through my experience there, I almost got turned off of the kind of lab based sport and exercise science work. It was a bit too slow for me, a bit too kind of boring at the time, at least. Um, and so I really craved something a bit more energetic and. Um, demanding in terms of like daily changes and things like that so in the uk at that time that was back in 2000 uh around about 2010 strength and conditioning wasn't really a big thing you, you could be like a personal trainer in a uh, in a leisure center or a fitness suite or whatever but the knowledge about actually strength conditioning coaches was really only in like the olympic programs or the uk sport programs so when i did my study abroad in michigan landed in Ann Arbor and see this like mammoth stadium and just blown away by the fact that like the size of the town doubles on game day and there's a hundred and whatever, 114,000 people watching 18 to 23 year olds running around a field chasing a ball was insane. And so I kind of got turned on then to like, oh, this is a, a possible career field really with like more opportunity than just the professional sport in the UK, for example. Um, and so that's where my interest kind of started. I've always been involved in, I guess, um, fitness pursuits, if you wanted to call that, but not really in strength conditioning or sports performance. And so, yeah, that's when my, I kind of got turned onto it. So after I graduated, I came straight back out to the University of Michigan. I uh, did a voluntary internship with Michigan Olympic Sports, which was my, my first step into a collegiate weight room in the States. Um, and that was an awesome experience working with Bo Sandoval, who's now at Texas A&M, was previously at the UFC as well. Um, he was my, my kind of primary mentor. And then also alongside uh, other coaches who are actually still at Michigan, which is awesome. So Caitlin Haycock and Lou Porciasso um, were there as well. So that was kind of my, my first step. Uh, um, obviously, I can talk more about that experience and the others with, with Ron McKeefer as well. But So I guess 
when you were a young coach and you mentioned having a mentor or just other coaches that influenced you, do you have anything in your mind that stuck out to you that really helped you as a young coach? Hmm. Or any advice they gave you at any point that stuck with you? I th- I think now, you know, it's 20, 2020 hindsight, isn't it? It's like when you're in the moment, you kind of take a lot of things for granted. And the environment dictates quite often um, your energy, your enthusiasm, your attention to detail and focus and things like that. Um, but Michigan for me was like a really really detail-oriented program um, with coaches that were genuinely passionate about developing young coaches in the field. Um, you know, all of these like developmental opportunities are experiences that tie us all together. You know, it's kind of like the, it is the start line of that 100 meter dash that everyone has to pass through that start line. And then after that, people go in different directions and they develop in different ways, but everyone goes through internships. Uh, many go through graduate assistantships or fellowships. And so, those experiences kind of are, um, they, they tie us together. But the thing that's a bit more polarizing about them is how fondly people reflect back on those developmental opportunities. Because some, for some people, are, are terrible and they're like horrendous experiences for them. And, and sometimes people leave because they are so bad. And, and that's like, that's a problem. I think it's something that obviously we're trying to address and make better through my momentum. Um, but but yeah, for me, I think that that initial experience at Michigan was a really poignant one, a really positive one for me to step up on the right foot. And I, I don't think if I'd had had those experiences at Michigan and certainly at Eastern Michigan with Coach Mack, I'm not sure my momentum would have ever come about because that's where my passion for actually like uh, giving back and coaching and developing other coaches who who I was supervising really came from. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And obviously now you spend a lot of time giving back and developing young performance coaches. Was there ever a moment like when you were in an internship where you thought like this could be better, like one day I'm going to make this better for, for other coaches. Did that ever cross your mind? Uh, I'm sure at times it did. Um, but I would say it actually more so came from the negative experience that I had during my undergrad at Loughborough, actually, um, <laughs> at the end of the under- undergraduate degree, um, having not asked for any feedback for the three years that I was there, you know, they hand you a piece of paper and say, like, please review our program. And I spent like an hour just like, you know, more paper, please need to like tell you everything that's not good about um, this program. Um, so I kind of laid it out to them. And, and in that moment, I thought, you know, this is supposed to be one of the best programs in the world and, and now they've done a lot more and i can see that it's gone much better um so i don't want to i don't want to naysay them too much um but at the time it was just like the professors there were excellent at what they do they were excellent academic researchers the best in the world um but they didn't really show like care or compassion or time of day for young students like getting into the field so it was all just i'm going to come to this room it's going to be transactional i'll lecture at you for an hour and then i'm going to leave and like that was the model um and so that that really stuck with me i thought if i ever teach people i want to be able to like involve them in the process and make the process of learning fun and joyful and i think what some people don't realize is like coaching is teaching teaching is coaching um, and so that there should be, you know, as coaches, we should be able to not only coach athletes well 
and um and have like results um come to fruition because of that but we, we should be able to develop and teach younger professionals well and have them develop because of that um so that was more so where my my drive to um to teach and to and to help give back kind of came from really yeah that's that's awesome and obviously like internships programs are are growing and getting better how would you say i guess like the current state of internships within the industry are right now and where do you think they're going i agree with you i do think they're getting better um as with most things in strength conditioning it's a, it's a bit of a crapshoot and it's a bit of a bit of a wild west as to um the quality of a program that you might step into if you're a student athlete or the quality of a program you might step into as a new employee somewhere um and i think that's because the profession is young and we all know that and i think so I, I do think the direction we're heading is is a better direction overall i'm really pleased to see the the positive nature of people posting about their internships departments posting about their internships on social media and you see that um you know not not to not to call out too many but like uh, the university of kentucky recently has done an awesome job with that I see them on social media all the time and it's not just about hey look at us and what we're doing for these young coaches it's about championing them and so you'll see that they'll they'll champion them about when they develop a coach that then moves on and gets the first full-time role and stuff like that so University of Kentucky is doing awesome stuff. Elon is always doing awesome stuff. University of Pittsburgh with uh, Brennan McDonald, Aaron Duval, and Coach Mark are doing awesome stuff. So it's really positive to 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 kind of see that and the direction that it's heading. The interesting thing in internships, though, right, is like coaches aren't gainfully employed or hired or fired or evaluated based on how well they develop an intern coach. Right. It's just that it's an, an almost like an additional responsibility. And some people take that and run with it and they're really passionate and they care about it. And others see that as a, a burden on their day. And, and sometimes that's, I understand that because of the environment they're in, they might be under-resourced anyway, they might not have a large staff. And so their ability to dedicate time, energy, effort, attention to coach development when they have the other responsibilities that they are being paid for and evaluated for uh, are there as well then that internship program might take a back, back seat but I, I do think that the profession is heading in a better direction seeing more quality programs evidence of more curriculums actually like detailing here are the the things that we're going to help you develop through i think is really important um so so yeah i'm I, I i would say i'm more on the positive end of things than the negative end of things do you have any basic principles or advice for someone either like just starting an internship program or revamping one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I see this all the time actually um, on like the NSCA Facebook pages is, is people saying, "Hey, I'm new to this new to this place. I'm now ahead. I'm just starting an internship program. Does any anybody have any advice?" And and we're always kind of quick to jump in there and, and give some suggestions, which is great. Um, I do think it'd be really nice so maybe this is something that we'll do at my momentum is providing a bit of a, a guideline and outline of here are the things that we think are important um in an internship program but i think first of all you've got to um got to identify like the low-hanging fruit i think when it comes to an internship program and for most people when they're starting out an internship program chances are good if they're starting one nowadays and there isn't already one that's established then the person who's asking about 
starting an internship program is probably at a college that is under-resourced or underfunded um, versus the ones that are more resourced typically already have those established programs. Um, so I'd say the internship program obviously has to function to assist the full-time staff to develop um, some kind of almost return on investment or value to the student athletes that are there, to the department. That is that is the primary goal of the internship program. Um, but then they have to look at the yeah the low-hanging fruit of what is going to provide the largest return on investment to your staff and to that developing coach if you were to address this area of development. So obviously, we're coaches, so the most important thing is coaching or pedagogy or, or how to actually coach. So I think coming up with a, a curriculum surrounding that. So allowing the coaches to understand the details of the movements that you use, the verbiage that you use, how the how the room operates so they can be efficient and effective in that space alongside you. Um, I think those are important things. I think uh, one thing that we do here specifically in Marquette is we use um, a book called Coaching Rules by Brendan Rierick, um, who I think he's still with Mike Boyle potentially, but developed through Mike Boyle. It's a very simple book, but it's really nice, very short chapters. And it just has small little mini lessons about um, the rules that you should follow being a coach. And that might be to do with um, how you convey yourself, your positivity, your demeanor. It might be to do with um, a bit more nitty gritty stuff, stuff about exercise selection and programming and things like that. But we have our intern coaches on a rotating basis go through that book early on, and and basically they have to read the read the chapter in five minutes, and then they present it to everyone else in sixty seconds or less, um, and then they deliver that information. So that's just an example of something we do in terms of very low hanging fruit that that can kind of just kickstart an internship program and get the younger coaches to think about how can I add value and operate basically as an effective extension of the staff. Um, and that's something kind of going on a tangent now. You've got me rolling. That's something we talk about straight away with our internship program is the sooner that those intern coaches start acting like a member of the, our staff, then the sooner it's going to happen that they're going to become a full-time employee strength conditioning professional. Now, obviously, there's caveats to that. They have to show us that they are responsible enough and they have the competence to be able to add value. Um, and so as with many other programs, the first couple of weeks are a bit more observational in nature until we take kind of take care of the X's and O's and make sure we've we've checked the boxes and, and dotted our I's, crossed our T's where we need to. Um, but then after that, yeah, it's all about step into the role that you want to become. You know, you know, um, that's really important. So we do talk about that a lot. Yeah. What is a mistake that some coaches when starting an internship program might be inclined to make? Or you maybe something you've experienced, or you've seen other coaches struggle with this. I think there's uh, there's two things that really come to mind. One, actually, I had I had this conversation with uh, Coach Mac um, when he was at Fresno State, and he said, and this is his perception too, is like uh, an issue that a lot of coaches run into when starting an internship program is they try to teach their intern coaches everything that they know in like three, four, five months. Um, and obviously, the outcome of doing that is is probably negative because you spend so little time. You know, you have a millimeter of progress in a million different directions, rather than again identifying low hanging fruit and taking care of the the things that are going to provide the most return on that investment. Just like I said before, so I think trying to being a bit too overzealous and trying to teach too much 
um, and not hammering the basic principles well. Um, and that kind of comes back to what we're trying to do is we're trying to set up these young professionals with uh, frameworks, concepts, and strategies so that they can move on from our facility eventually. That's obviously what we want them to do unless you you hire them at the end. Um, but to, to move on and be able to continue to develop on like a better growth trajectory because you've given them those skill sets. What you're not trying to do is create a carbon copy of yourself who somebody who like outsources their thinking that when they're in a new environment with a new coach or all of a sudden they're in an environment where they have to make the decisions that now they're just like, you know, I don't know if this is an offensive language progress, but up, up shit creek without a paddle. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a problem that I think we, we see a lot of the time is we see these carbon copies of people that they don't really understand why they're making the decisions they're making because they're basing their decisions of, that's what I did at the old university because this person did it and, and that person did it. So I think that that's one issue. Um, the second one is when it comes to teaching and delivering content in an internship program, well, this is going to be two parts, is one, most intern coaches are either undergraduates or they've just graduated from university. They've sat through four years of being lectured via PowerPoint presentations and they don't want to see any more of them. So delivering internship development sessions via PowerPoint, I think should be kept to a minimum. I think that also speaks to the fact of uh, this, this quote that I'm probably going to forget now, but it goes along the lines of, um, tell me and I'll, and I'll forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I'll learn. And so it's important that uh, I think as much as possible in internship programs, we try to involve intern coaches, developing coaches in the process of learning rather than just telling them what they need to know. Because like it is, again, they're going to either remember it, but then outsource their thinking later on and not really understand what they're doing, um, or they're going to forget it. So like an example of that, and, and this is one thing that I um, have spoke about at the Great Lakes Conference, is if you're using Elite Form, for example, in your facility and you're going over the concepts of velocity-based training, if you were to go along the model, the, probably the poor model, the bad, bad option of um, tell me and I forget, you'd say something like, all right, guys, this is a leap form. This is a system that we use to measure bar velocity. And this is going to tell us everything we need to know about the output of a student athlete, which will help us with programming. And so they may like take that in and they understand at a surface level what that tech is. But they don't actually understand like why it's used, how it's used, what are the caveats to it, the pros, the cons, the assumptions, like all those kinds of things when you might want to use it, when you wouldn't want to use it. And so kind of jumping down to the bottom of that rung, the, the better option of involving them would be something along the lines of saying, all right, guys, this is elite form. This is a velocity-based training tool that we use. I want everyone to put a bar on the rack, sign yourself in, and we're going to load the bar with 85% of your 1RM. And we're going to do as many reps as we can with that weight until our velocity loss gets below 90%. And when that happens, I want you to re-rack the bar and you're going to accumulate 15 total reps. And I want you to write down how many sets it takes you to do that. And so they would do it and they get to experience it and they see that percentage value dropping, dropping, dropping. And then you might say, um, you know, we're going to do the same session next week. But immediately before we do this exact same session, we're going to do 30 minutes simulating some kind of soccer training session on the turf that we have. And it's going to be intensive. 
And then you ask them a question like, what do you think is going to happen to the numbers on the screen after we do that simulated soccer session versus what you just did today? So now you're like involving them in the, in the process of thinking so that you give them again, like the strategies, the concepts of being like, okay, projecting yourself into the future because you have to do that as a coach. You have to think, you know, if you're writing a program, you have to think about, okay, this is the program that I'm going to deliver to the team but I should probably have a plan B in case the coach like runs in halfway through the session and says, listen, schedule's changed. You've got 10 more minutes. We need them in the gym. And so you need to have, okay, what are my big rocks? What are my primary principles? Like all those kinds of things. So I think that that just speaks to, um, yeah, involving them in the process, make the process fun, make the process joyous. And like, they'll, they'll be much better coaches because of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You definitely have to find the balance between teaching, but also allowing the interns to have their own spin on things and kind of learn from practical experiences. So yeah, I I totally get that. What are some skills that you try and develop in your interns? Man, lots. Um, You can just name a few. You don't have to name all of them, obviously. (laughs) Yes. Well, I've already kind of mentioned it uh, is 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 critical thinking. So, and that's kind of you know a bit of a, a bit of a buzzwordy answer, but we'll place them in a lot of different scenarios where they actually have to do that. So, a good example of this is their programming assignment. This is like not novel or unique to what we do here. Most internship programs require their coaches to create some kind of plan or some kind of athlete and then defend justify present that information to the rest of the staff or the rest of the group so that's what we do here but what we choose to do uh, we, we do it two different ways the first one that we do though is at the beginning of the semester i have a hat i've come up with a bunch of different sports put them in in their hat on, on pieces of paper and they pick their sport out and the sports that we choose are super non-conventional left field sports so nothing that exists in the ncaa probably doesn't even exist in the United States. Um, and so often they haven't even heard the, the name of the sport. So for example, it might be something like um, Kabaddi or Sepak Takro or Hayalai or Formula One kite surfing or whatever. So we give them this kind of left field sport. And the reason we do that, again, is to get them to think critically about what they're doing. So they start with their needs analysis on that sport and they'll go onto YouTube and they'll type in Kabaddi. And then pops up with this sport and they say, oh, it's a sport played on this kind of matted court. It seems like it's an invasion sport. So now, instead of like bringing all that kind of bias and preconceptions about what should strength and conditioning be, they now have to look at the sport they've never seen before and they, and they start to pick it apart um, through like a fresh lens. And I think it's important because if we were to give them, you know, a soccer program and say, I want you to design a three-week program, first three weeks for a women's soccer team, off-season, go. Then there's a good chance that they're just going to throw in exercises in there that they either have done in the past or they like to do, or they'll go online and they'll figure out that um, you know University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill is a, an amazing soccer program. Let's YouTube them and see what they do and then boop, copy-paste. Um, and so like critically thinking, appraising, so always, always thinking about what is the justification? What is the reason why I'm doing these things? That's like probably the biggest skill set, honestly, that we try to develop in them. Um, and then, and then, like the context of that critical thinking is strength conditioning, 
but you could take that critical thinking everywhere else into different fields and apply it as well. So I think it's probably the the most important and probably the most most powerful thing um, that we can teach them. So that's like the big like overarching one. Obviously, there's many many different skill sets underneath of that. So public speaking, which is basically coaching. Um, early on, we talk about projection of your voice. I think more and more, it's, it's, it is interesting, and I don't know if you've seen this as well. More and more, I find that professionals entering the field struggle with confidence and projection and uh, holding the room. And and who knows, uh, you know, people throw out reasons why they think that might be. Um, but I do think that's the skill set that needs to be developed. Um, you can't just you can't just yell at intern coaches say, you need to be loud, you need to be louder, because they're not going to do it. You gotta you've got to put them in an environment where they can practice doing it and where they feel comfortable practicing doing it. And then as time goes on, they get more and more comfortable doing it. So again, setting them up for environments for success early on. And then you start to filter in environments where there's like duress and they're stressed by the environment, but they you know they know that they can do it. Um, so I think those kind of stepwise progressions, just like you would in any kind of strength conditioning program, you, sh- you have to have stepwise progressions that are built from reverse engineering with coach development. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever come across the situation where an intern is really struggling? Maybe they're questioning whether or not they want to continue in strength and conditioning. How would you approach that situation? Yes, uh, we we have had that, and sometimes like their exit from the internship program, whether that is their decision or a joint decision or our decision, sometimes that's the best best decision to be made. You know, if they come to the reckoning that I don't think this field is for me, and I'd rather be in this other, maybe it's a adjacent field still in athletics but not in strength conditioning, then that's all right. Um, but I I, I, w- I do always encourage. Uh, and luckily, we haven't had too many in that bucket. But I would, would always encourage harping back to an original point of not all internships are created equal. Is that if they don't like the college environment, then maybe they would like the private sector environment. Maybe they would like working with youth athletes. Maybe they would like working with um, geriatric clientele. You know, so it's not just it's not just this one environment where strength conditioning coaches can exist that there are many others so i would always encourage them to do that but yes if it if it is quite obvious that this person um their demeanor their energy their professionalism whatever it is just does not match this environment or does not match this profession should i say then i think i think it's a disservice to necessarily keep them on like you should have that honest conversation and say i don't think this is for you you know, do do you agree? Do you disagree? And then, how can I help you figure out what's next? Basically, um, so yeah, I think that's that's the route that we normally would go down. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And even for coaches that want to continue in strength and conditioning, obviously they're not going to stay an intern forever. You know, you would hope they wouldn't. But are there skills that you help develop that help prepare them for job interviews or even like resume building? Do you do any of that stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to talk about your first point is like, I feel like now I've been a paid strength conditioning coach and employee strength conditioning coach for eight years or whatever it is. 
every now and again, you're just like, man, I wish I could do an internship at that place. You know, you just jump back into it almost like a sabbatical, just go and spend a couple of weeks or a month like learning from other people. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, agreed. We should make sure that our intern coaches are moving on. They're they're going for graduate assistantships, paid fellowships, whatever it might be that they're looking for. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I think prof- uh, professional portfolio development is super important. Um, we all know in this field that. It's not necessarily, you know, the phrase, the adage is not necessarily what you know, it's who you know. And I do think that uh, that is true. And so young coaches should try to place themselves somewhere where they can develop a large network. That's part of the reason why on our Connect pages where we have internships listed, we have an alumni network section at the bottom of every page. So a, a young coach could come to the page, look at it and say, wow, they've developed all these coaches and they're all across the country and they will have a family tree that originates from this internship program. Um, and so that is super important. However, the number of resumes, cover letters that I've seen come across my desk, not just for this internship program here at Marquette, but for jobs that have opened up here when other staff members have moved on and such, a lot of them are not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so even though somebody who's posted a job or a GA position, even though they might have somebody earmarked for that, that position, like I'm probably going to give it to this, this individual who maybe has been recommended to me or has developed through our internship program and they're going to move into it. I would love for more people to have better professional portfolios that, that they could, you know, pause that process for a second where by your, your resume comes across their desk and they're like, whoa, like, hold on a second, this person looks awesome. Like, we should give them a phone call to at least see what they're about. Um, And so, um, you know, a bit of a peek behind the curtain. Uh, We are developing something that is going to help with professional portfolio development and making more of an impact in the area because I I haven't seen much change in in 10 years. Uh, I think uh, there is a need to kind of serve that area. That's exciting. Yeah, that's great. Are there any other pieces of advice that you can think of as we wrap up? I think uh, the biggest the biggest piece of advice um, really is that internship programs, um, they need to be delivered in a way that we're not serving young coaches things on a plate. You know, we're not spoon eating but instead we're kind of guiding so again that kind of adage would be you don't prepare the path for the kid you prepare the kid for the path and so trying to again provide that provide those learning environments in which they can they can they can kind of learn for themselves and they take themselves through the steps but you guide them through the steps is the most impactful kind of learning environment i think that's really important second thing i think is it's really important with internship programs to make sure that standards are conveyed early and often. And that doesn't mean like ruling with an iron fist, but something that we do here with our internship program early on is we run through this process called fire, hire, and inspire. And so in the very first onboarding session that we have, all our interns get together, we get in a room with whiteboards, give them markers and say, think of a professional or in your mind, come up with the image of a professional who probably should be fired from their job because they're that bad. What kind of skills, habits, and um, professional characteristics do they display? And they would write those things down. 
And then we talk about somebody who is a good strength conditioning coach, somebody who would probably should probably be hired and and stay hired in the department. What do they look like? Skills, habits, professional skill sets. And then finally, inspire. Like what are the best in our industry doing? What do they look like? How do they carry themselves? How are they contributing? And then they write down those things. And then out of everything that's written on the board and this big melee of different uh, different markers is we go through it and say, what of those things are controllables that you could that you could feasibly do today? And we typically get rid of the fire category because we don't want to do any of those things. But we look more so at the hire and the inspire and say, well, I can do all of these things. And we find that most of them are pretty controllable that you could probably implement today. So that's a really powerful session that we do straight away. Uh, it kind of sets the standard as to this is what we're looking for. Um, and we remind them of those things as they go through that process. The last thing we do, and I'll stop after this, last thing we do on that, that initial onboarding session is we talk about this thing called Eulogy U, which is uh, a eulogy, um, for anyone who doesn't know, is the, the, the kind of script that somebody reads out when you've passed away at your funeral. So what do you want somebody to say about you when you're gone? And so we use this concept whereby I'll ask our intern coaches to write themselves a letter of recommendation as if it was coming from me. So they're effectively writing in third person from my perspective. So in they have to project themselves out four months down the road and say, what do I want Stu to say about me when I'm applying to jobs somewhere else. And so they write this letter of recommendation, they commit it to paper, you know, print it off and seal it. And we put it in my drawer in my office and I don't read it. But three weeks before the end of the internship, we get them out of the drawer and one-on-one -on -one, I open them up and I read them. And the first time I read them is when they're sitting right next to me and we mark it up and we basically go through and say, well, have you become the person that you said you were going to become by the end of this internship? And if they haven't, then they have three weeks to convince me that I can say these things about them. Or if for some reason they had said at the beginning of the internship that they were going to become really proficient in using um, athlete tracking systems like GPS systems like Catapult, for example, and we hadn't really dived too deep in that area, then that shows me that, oh, let's do some one-on-one -on -one work with this individual so that they can do that. Right. So that's a really powerful tool as well. Um, to, to commit that to paper and to put it in a drawer for them to know that it's there and for me to get it out every now and again and wave it, um, you know, they, it kind of reminds them what they're here to do and and that the fact that they're, they're trying to make progress continually through that internship because time and time again, and I, I think listeners will probably agree with this, you see interns start really, really spunky. They're really good at the beginning of the internship and then they start to get a little bit kind of comfortable in week four, five, six. And then by the end of the internship, um, maybe they've lost focus and direction a bit too much. So we want we want to make sure that we're always in like an upward trajectory on that on that growth. Yeah, that definitely provides like vision and motivation too for them. So that's awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. Thank you for joining. I know people listening will definitely be able to apply this practically within their own internship programs. Mm -hmm.